0: praying for our children as they go to Children's Church and hear about the Lord this morning. Uh, this is a great weekend. This is a Thanksgiving weekend, and we trust that you are excited about the opportunity to return thanks to the Lord. Uh, as we presented Apartment Life Ministry, it's, uh, we'll tell you more and more about that, but we have a couple in our church, uh, Patrick and Becky Niebles, and uh, more importantly, uh, Lucy, uh, their little girl, and uh, we'll be telling you more about that, the opportunity for them to go and, and tell. When you think about Getting out the message of Christ, and that really is what church is all about, getting the message out, uh, both in word and in deed. uh, There's a couple ways we do that. One is inviting people to come and see and hear as we invite people to come uh, to things that we're doing, whether it be on a regular Sunday or in special events. But also God's word tells us that we're to go and tell, which means wherever we are, we are to live it out and look for opportunities to to talk, talk about it. And this will be a great opportunity, I think, for our church to be involved in that. In a mission field in which uh, there are many unchurched. And uh, that's what it's all about, to go where people are not hearing about the message of Christ and build relationships, bridges for them to know about God in a personal way. Well, this morning, uh, there's many things I want to share with you, and so uh, I'm I'm not going to even resist the temptation about speaking fast. uh, But as we think about this uh, week, uh, week of Thanksgiving, uh, among all people in this world, we ought to be people filled with hearts of gratitude that we have a reason to be grateful. We have a reason to express thanksgiving to God. And when we do that, not only are we obedient, but also we reap the benefits of being thankful people. Uh, One of my favorite passages, and often I'll share this passage with people uh, during this time of year is found out of Psalm 92. It is good to give thanks to the Lord. And it's good in so many different ways. And you could put it in the opposite way. It is bad if you don't. You are missing out if you don't, pursue being a grateful thankful person uh, that kind of came home uh, really powerfully to uh, Alice my wife uh, this past week a couple of the life groups have heard the story but uh, she was uh, in a store I don't know if it was Costco uh, she didn't I don't know if she told me the details about that or not but she was doing rare shopping all of a sudden she got a, uh, a phone call and she answered right when she was going to the checking stand and and all of a sudden it was she heard the other voice and it was one of her sons who had called her and said you know i was just I was just thinking about people i'm thankful for, and your name was at the top of my list and then he proceeded to tell her all the things about her not all the things because that would have taken forever, but all the, many of the things that he was specifically thankful for her about now in our family, we don't believe in crying at all, okay <laughs> but uh, Alice started to have her eyes uh, flood, okay, and she's right in front of the the checkout stand, and all of a sudden the the person who was, you know, charging her for all the food she was getting said, what's wrong, what's wrong, something something happened, and she goes, no, no, and she's just crying, so I just got a phone call from one of my sons telling me how how much he was thankful for me, and then all of a sudden she started crying, all right, (laughs) and and, then she goes, that is such a great story, I can't wait to go home and do that with someone I'm thankful for. Now, I share that story, hopefully to embarrass my wife. But beyond that, it is, is when we think about it, it is good to give thanks to the Lord. It is good both for other people and for yourself as well. A part of this uh, kind of a you know, pay, it, pay it forward or pass it on in terms of um, identifying people that you're grateful for and thankful for came out of this uh, YouTube uh, presentation of our are, are, are people who are thankful, happy. And they went through this whole process where they took these people, kind of in a scientific, uh, -scientific, quasi-scientific experiment, in in which they asked them to come in, and identify a person they were thankful for, and then write down all the specific things they were grateful for them about. And and then they kind of uh, talked to them about how they how that how they reacted to that. And then they also asked them to then communicate that to. Uh, the person that they were grateful for, to call them on the phone, to make an appointment, and actually say the things that they, they felt about that person, how grateful and thankful they were for, they were about them. A- and then in the study, they realized that people who went through that process of just identifying who, who they were grateful for, their, their, their happiness, I don't know how they meted that, went up 4 or 5%. But if they a- actually expressed it to the person, it went up to almost 20%. And then as they identified, the people who were least happy coming in were much more happier going out. And it's true that in our experience, it is good to give thanks to the Lord. Not only for ourselves, we'll we'll be much more happy. Happiness is tied to gratefulness and thankfulness. But it will be good for the people we spread that around. Now, as we think about, particularly as Americans, and we think about the Thanksgiving season, this is something that is part of who we are. But somehow, at times, we can, we can miss the substance of what thankfulness and gratefulness should be all about. Uh, I did some, uh, some reading this past week, and I, and I read uh, an article by a man named Eric Buhner. And he said this, uh, talking turkey about Thanksgiving. And here, here are some of his opening comments. Have you ever thought about why we have Thanksgiving on the fourth Thursday every, or every November? Aren't we always to be thankful to God for his blessings? The pilgrims didn't designate the fourth Thursday of November for their feast. Why do we? So you go back to 1621, you know, it wasn't necessarily the fourth Thursday when they actually did it, and they, don't, uh, and they didn't necessarily do it annually in that particular setting. That's right, the government doesn't designate the day we celebrate Christmas. It, it accommodates it. In other words, that was tradition, and so the Americans just kind of adopted that. But it has, now we're talking about governmentally, determined the celebration of Thanksgiving uh, to be on the fourth Thursday. And then he made this conclusion. The government wants us to thank God for his blessings. Now, I want to set this up before I get a little bit further. Uh, I'm, going to, I'm going to talk about us a little bit as a nation. And my goal is not to drive you to a particular perspective of whether we are a Christian nation or not. But what I do want to do is establish in our minds what this Thanksgiving for us as a nation is all about, and then speak directly to us as God's people what Thanksgiving should be all about. In, in many ways, and if you look at historians, and there's a lot of uh, changing of how we viewed the, the pilgrims, you know, four centuries ago or so, uh, that first Thanksgiving, 1621, in some ways, some people say it was really more of a civic ceremony. They, they got the two communities, the Native Americans and the the foreigners from uh, the land overseas to get together and express uh, a community experience where they, they, the, the Native Americans brought the deer and the, the foreigners, uh, the American, the new Americans in, in this new land, brought the turkeys, and they had a great celebration together. And as we know, because the pilgrims were, were immensely committed to their faith, and particularly the faith in their Lord Jesus Christ, that there were probably prayers sprinkled throughout that week, particularly three days of, of festivities. But our Thanksgiving isn't really tied simply to the pilgrim experience in 1621. It, it really came out of our Revolutionary War experience, where we were so grateful and thankful for God to bring us freedom to this land. And so the Continental Congress made a statement about us being a grateful people, particularly to Almighty God. Now, as you know, in in our culture now, there's a little bit of pushback to religious presentations and things like like even Christmas and Easter and even Thanksgiving. And so it did go to the courts a while back. And I wasn't aware of this, but let me read this to you as far as a Supreme Court statement about Thanksgiving. In the case of Lynch v. Donnelly, the president, President Washington, this is the response of the the justices. President Washington and his successors proclaimed Thanksgiving with all its religious overtones, a day of national celebration. And Congress made it a national holiday more than a century ago. The holiday has not lost its theme of expressing thanks for divine aid any more than has Christmas lost its religious Significance, even though there's a push to make it happy holidays rather than Merry Christmas. Executive orders and other official announcements of presidents and of the Congress have proclaimed both Christmas and Thanksgiving national holidays in religious terms. Again, that's the focus I want us to to reflect on. It's not just simply being thankful for each other on a horizontal level. You know, I'm thankful for you because you make me laugh. I'm thankful for you because you make great meals. But I'm thankful to God that he has put you in my life. And by acts of Congress, it has been the practice that federal employees are released from duties on these national holidays while being paid from the same public revenues that provide the compensation of the chaplains of the Senate in the House and military services. Thus, it is clear that government has long recognized, indeed, it has subsidized holidays with religious significance. Now, the interesting thing about that, particularly historically, it wasn't in a general statement about who God is. The Thanksgiving Proclamation of 1777 by the Continental Congress, the first national Thanksgiving proclamation um, in November 1st of of 1777, was written this way in, in terms of identifying who we ought to be thankful for. It is therefore recommended to the legislative or executive powers of these United States to set apart Thursday, the 18th day of December next, for solemn thanksgiving and praise, that at one time, with one voice, the good people may express the grateful feelings of their hearts and consecrate themselves to the service of their divine benefactor, and that together with their sincere acknowledgments and offerings, they may join the penitent confession of their manifold sins, whereby they had forfeited every favor, and their humble and earnest supplication. That it may please God through the merits of Jesus Christ. This is coming from the Congress. That they may please God through the merits of Jesus Christ. Mercifully to forgive and blot them out, which is the manifold sins, out of remembrance. That it may please him graciously to afford his blessings on this nation. That was the congressional proclamation for the first national thanksgiving. Doesn't mean that people weren't thankful before 1777. Doesn't mean that they didn't have gatherings together to be thankful like the pilgrims did. And if you go to 1623, it was much more of a religious thanksgiving that the nation put together. But we, from our American heritage, have designated that we need to be thankful, not just horizontally, but vertically. And in the beginning, it was identified very specifically that the God that we praise is the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, George Washington, whereas it is the duty, this is 1789 as he reflects on the Thanksgiving that was proclaimed before, whereas it is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God, to obey His will, to be grateful for His benefits, and to humbly implore His protection and favor. And whereas the house of... Congress have, by their joint committee, requested me to recommend to the people of the United States a day of public thanksgiving and prayer to be observed by acknowledging with grateful hearts the many signal favors of Almighty God, especially by affording them an opportunity peaceably to establish a form of government for their safety and happiness. And also that we may unite in most humble offering our prayers and supplications to the great Lord and ruler of nations, and beseech him to pardon our national and other transgressions, which, which to me, is significant in that we're acknowledging not only do we be grateful for all the good things God has done, but we we must go to God and have Him deal with our sins. Now, if you're at all familiar with the historical part of of uh, our national day of thanksgiving it really wasn't established on an annual basis until abraham lincoln and abraham lincoln actually did it in the midst in a period of time in our country would, where you would think if you were serving as president you would be less than grateful about god's providential hand because in the most heinous war that we ever fought in uh, amongst ourselves um, abraham lincoln responded with thanksgiving the year that is drawing toward us its close has been filled with blessings of fruitful fields and healthful skies. To these bounties we, which are constantly enjoyed that we are prone to forget the source from which they come. And I liked how um, Brian invited us to think about what's on our cover. What would, what would we have today if it was only what we were grateful for yesterday for? Most of us would not have driven To church today would we we probably would have walked you know what's the last time we thank god that we got a vehicle to drive in most of us this is a this is a this is a scary picture probably wouldn't be wearing a whole lot of clothes today right (laughs) how often do we thank god for the little things in our life but that's not a new thing is it it is so easy to not be grateful for what god gives us prone to forget the source from which they come. Others have been added, which are of extraordinary nature that we cannot fail to penetrate, even soften the heart, which is habitually insensible to the ever-watching providence of Almighty God. And then he wrote this. Again, this is when the national day of prayer that was to happen every year. In the midst of a civil war of unequaled magnitude and severity, which has sometimes seemed to foreign states to invite and provoke their aggressions, Peace has been preserved in all nations. Order has been maintained and the laws have been received and obeyed. So even in the midst of a war, he had found things to be thankful for. No human counsel hath devised, nor hath any mortal hand worked out these great things. They are the gracious gifts of the Most High God, who while dealing with us in anger for our sins, hath nevertheless remembered us with mercy. sharing just one other historical prayer as we look at the pilgrims from which we often look back toward. Here's one of their prayers. O Lord, our God and Heavenly Father, which of the unspeakable mercy towards us has provided meat and drink for the nourishment of our weak bodies, grant us peace to use them reverently as from thy hands with thankful hearts. Let thy blessing rest upon us these thy good creatures, to our comfort and um, being sustained. And grant, we humbly beseech thee, good Lord, that as we do hunger and thirst for the food of our bodies, so our souls may earnestly long after the food of eternal life. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. So in the midst of a country in which those who are our forefathers came, and, and many of them died who came over from the seas. Parents who lost children, children who lost parents, brothers who lost brothers, and sisters who lost sisters. They recognized even in the midst of loss, God had been so merciful to them. And that's because they had come to that point where they recognized that that grace is understanding that whatever we receive is more than we deserve. It's interesting, etymologically, which means it comes from the same root word, grace and gratitude are connected. People who really understand that, that we have so much more than we could ever imagine that we deserve are filled with gratitude. But just like we're so prone to forget, it's interesting, too, the, the word think and thank are related from the same root word as well. And, and when we are not thankful, then we're not doing a whole lot of thinking. Or if we're thinking, we're not thinking soundly. Because as James says in James chapter 1, verse 17, every good thing comes from above, from the Father of lights. And, and so as we approach individually and as families... Uh, toward this Thanksgiving season. Might we all consider. <laughs> historically as a nation. And, and this is not to say every. Every president and every member of the Congress was a born again follower of Jesus Christ. Many of them were. But at least from a world view, they recognized that all the good things they were experienced was not because they were they were much. They were much more brilliant than the people the nations they had come from. They weren't stronger. They weren't, they weren't more um, prepared to, to take on a nation that God was giving them. But by the grace of God, they had everything that they were enjoying and experiencing. And, and so I would submit to all of us, unless we give thanks to God, we're not really giving thanks have that experience where you, where you maybe you've seen some th- people in relationship and and someone falsely thanks someone else for something someone else has done now they might have done it sincerely or insincerely. It might have been you know by design or it might have been by somehow neglect they didn't really simply know but is it truly thankfulness if you're thanking the wrong person for what has been accomplished and so all of us need to recognize. Yes, there needs to be thankfulness on a horizontal level. We thank the people that God has brought into our life and the things that they have provided for us and the and the, the people that uh, are on the top of our list on a personal level. But if we jump to that before God, then, then somehow we've missed it. Because God is the provider of every person in our lives. And even in the midst of pain and suffering, whether it be that That first crew that came over from overseas and had so many lives lost. Or whether it be our nation during the Civil War or all wars. In the midst of sorrow, there is hope. Now, that's the historical part I want to share with you this morning. But let me go to where I'm I'm much more comfortable. Let's look at the biblical perspective on thankfulness. And um, you might have noticed in your outline that I have, I have quite a few points there. Have you noticed it? For those of you who are normally with us, I just kind of fill all those things with fill in the blanks. This is all blank this morning. And as I was looking at passage after passage after passage this week, this unthankfulness, there, there's so much in the Word of God about calling us to be people that thank Him. And as you look in your Bibles this morning, that we're kind of taking off from our series in Ephesians, looking at one particular verse. But Ephesians chapter 5, verse 20, sometimes the, the most clear, clearest passages in the Scriptures are the most challenging. He says this, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I've entitled the message in a shorter version of that, giving thanks always. Would what, what, what anyone here even, even even consider a thought that you, apply, you you actually live this out in any, any measure of the challenge of the passage? Are, are you a person that always gives thanks? And not always, always giving. You're giving thanks for all things because you see God's hand. Maybe not where you fully understand what he is doing, but you recognize it in his providential care. He's deserving us to be grateful for what he does. I want want to share a couple things this morning in the time we have left. I think as, as people who want to pursue God that we need to recognize that we can give thanks for the wrong things and we can give thanks for the right things. We can give thanks for the wrong things and we can give thanks for the right things. Turning my eyes to Luke chapter 18. Jesus told a parable, and this parable has so much to say about how we see what it means to live out the life God wants us to live, as well as how to get in on the life God wants us to live. He told the Pharisee between a Pharisee and a tax collector. And uh, tax collectors in those days, if you don't remember the kind of the background of them, they were they were hated by their countrymen because they were basically. Uh, and this was true of Rome, as they went to nation to nation, they would they would they would not bring their own people in to collect the taxes. They would find someone in that nation who wanted to, to become rich off their countrymen and they would collect the ta- taxes and they would skim off the top. And so they were just known as people that could not be trusted, and were living off uh, the uh, the abuse of another nation on on their nation. Uh, verse nine. Also, he spoke this parable. This is Jesus to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee, and the other a tax collector. So we look at the context. This is actually a context in which both of them on just physical appearance. Seems like they're doing the right thing. I mean, is it good to come to a place in which uh, the true God is being worshipped? And so they both come and they're both doing something that's significant. They're going talking to God. And so they're they're going to their pray. One is a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. Verse 11. The Pharisee stood and prayed this with himself. God, I thank you. Now that sounds like. A good thing, isn't it? He's, he's filled with thankfulness. He's filled with gratitude. So he's doing the right thing, but we're going to find out he's doing the right thing in the absolute wrong way. I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And, and then he goes on and looks at the other person. But let me just stop here for a moment. Most of us, if you're familiar with the Bible at all, you look at you look at Pharisees uh, and are they good people or bad people? Help me out here. We, we look at them as bad people. But when we look that way, we've really missed it. They weren't bad people. They were really good people. The problem was that they thought they were really, really good people. And, and as you look, at, if, if we were going around and say, OK, I want to I want to ask you, is it is it good for you not to be an extortioner? Oh, yeah. Is it good for you not to be an adulterer? Well, yeah. Is it good for you not to be unjust? Well, yeah. Is it good to be faithful in giving? Well, yeah. And I would say double yeah. Okay. Um, and, and even in your spiritual devotion to God, well, uh, if you're so devoted, would, would it be nice that you, you, you were willing to give up things for your relationship with God? You would to fast? And they, he would fast twice a week, which is he was more, you know, some people will look at this. He was being more spiritual than God. Because as Jesus was here, you know what, as far as his... How many times did Jesus fast when he was here? As far as we know, only one time. The only time he fasted when he was being tempted by the, by the evil one in the wilderness. Other than that, we never have him fasting. In fact, he got criticized because his disciples didn't fast. Well, I thought fasting was a, a, a sign that you were being fully devoted to God. Well, it can be, but not if somehow you take personal pride in it. And not because you announce it to others. And not if it's not used for a direct purpose to make you closer to God and do the things He wants you to do. But what happened is He was filled with Himself. He was filled with his own sense of his own importance. And really, that speaks to the gospel. Many of us, and I've had so many conversations with people where I just can't understand why why God will allow good people who just somehow believe other things not to get to heaven. And they'll list some of the. The the groups that people are in are that way, or or maybe you are next to a neighbor, or maybe you are that person today, and you're saying, well, well, you know, what? I'm a good person, you know, I, I pay my taxes, I don't I don't curse at God, I I try to be I'm positive, I, you know, I believe in God, I I don't know about Jesus. And what you saying, if you are thanking God for all the things in your life that you have, if you are th- simply thanking God for, in your life for all the things that you are, and you somehow haven't connected with him, you've missed it all. You've missed everything. Because at the heart of the gospel is there is no way that we are good enough to get to heaven. We can't make it on our own. None of us deserve God's grace. And so as you think about people in... In your family circle, as you think about people, as we use it at Grace Hills Church, your oikos, if you think about your neighbors, if you think maybe about yourself, and somehow you think that you're getting there because you are so much better, and that might be true, than another person, you're comparing yourself to the wrong measuring stick. Because it's God's standard. And so he speaks to the Pharisee who is good, but not good enough. And then he contrasts that to the tax collector. And the tax collector, standing afar off, would not as much raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you this that the man went down to his house justified, made righteous in God's eyes, rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. The Thanksgiving season, historically, and as I read some of those things as we began, was a recognition by our Congress and by our presidents that not only do we turn return thanks to God for all his bountiful blessings, but as a nation, we were to turn to him for the confession of our sins and that somehow in his great mercy, he would forgive us for The things that we had done. Now, I'm not sure how that all works as a nation, but I do know how that works as individuals. Until we come to that point, we come to face God on our own merits. And we will fall short. Or we'll be like the one who we would say was not a good person the tax collector, in comparison to others in terms of his lifestyle. But he had come to the point in his life where he fully and completely abandoned himself before God and surrendered. We are thankful for the wrong thing. If somehow we have missed where it all begins, is are we thankful for the salvation that we can have in Jesus Christ? And if we don't have that, then we are just like that Pharisee who who thought somehow he was good enough. Turn back a page to Luke 17. This is the familiar story in Thanksgiving as we think about the ten lepers who came to Jesus. Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. This is Jesus. And then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers who stood afar off, and they, and they lifted up their voice and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Now you have the other side of the social order, where the Pharisee was at the top of the social order and the covenant people of God, Israel, who everyone looked to him as having his act together. And, and that, that he had to be blessed by God, because look at, look at what he was doing, had done. And now you look at the lepers, and the lepers were, were outcast. They, they were so is that they, there was a restraining order against them. The, the reason they had to raise their voice to speak to, to Jesus because they had to be maybe 100 feet from him. Because of their physical condition that, that many applied to not only their physical condition, but probably their spiritual heart. And he, they cry out for mercy for him. Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Verse 14. And so when he saw them, he said to them, go, show yourself to the priest. And so it was that they went and were cleansed. And so Jesus, just with a word, heals them of their physical condition. But what happens next? Verse 15. So somehow he tells them that they're cleansed. He gives them a a word of command to go to the priest. And as they are obeying the word of Jesus on their road to the priest, they recognize that they have been healed by Jesus. Verse 15. And one of them, when they saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan who was a, who was a double outcast. We, we have a phrase in our culture, you know, misery loves company. Well, a Samaritan and Jew would never spend any time together. But because they had something in common, which was leprosy, the Samaritan was allowed to to run with the the Jewish leopards. He was the most unlikely one to come back. The nine went as a a group together to the priest. And and there's a reason they want to get there, because you could be physically clean, but you were marked as a leper. until you got kind of the the, the affirmation of the priest, you still could not participate in the social environment that you so long to be involved in. So they were rushing for that. The Samaritan comes back to give thanks. And what was the response of Jesus? So Jesus answered and said, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were they not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And then Jesus responds this in verse 19. And he, Jesus, said to him, arise, go your way. Your faith has made you what? Well, we give thanks in a wrong way if somehow our focus is on ourselves, which was the Pharisee. We give faith the wrong way if somehow all we do is give thanks for the, the things God does for us as we live on this planet Earth. The one who truly gave thanks was the came, one came back to recognize the source of thanksgiving, which was Jesus. And then at that point, what Jesus said, your faith has now made you well. You know what, the, another way you can translate that, in fact, it's translated that in other portions of the New Testament, your faith has saved you. There are, there are many people in this world that have been blessed beyond measure. And everyone in America has been blessed upon, beyond measure when we compare ourselves to what's happening around the world. And, and they will give a, a shallow thanksgiving for, for living in a, in a place of bounty. But this, this one leper who was a Samaritan came back, and because he directed his thanksgiving to the true God, Jesus not only made him well physically, but he made him well spiritually. What, what should we do this Thanksgiving season? We need to give thanks for that which is most important. Which is being rescued from our sin. We need to give thanks more than anything else. For, for the life God has given us that is beyond measure. Getting much more than we deserve. We, we want to go down the, the road less traveled. That narrow path. There were nine they went the other way, and there was one who came back and give thanks to him. On, on, the, on the bulletin, what, what would we have to enjoy today if it was only ours because we had thanked God for it yesterday? We might have walked to church today. We might be dressed a completely different way. But how about another way? What, what if our salvation was dependent upon how often we thank God for it? Now, God is so much more faithful than we are. And our, our relationship with His is not dependent upon our, <laughs> our faithfulness to Him. But we, among all people, need to return thanks to the one who came for us. As Paul puts in the Corinthians, Thanking God for his indescribable gift found in Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Father, we we want to be a people filled with thanksgiving. First of all, by being thankful for that which is most important. And, And maybe there's someone here this morning that's a really good person may be superior to, in their lifestyle to, to most of us here today. But, Father, we can't measure up to the standard that you have set. Because in the, in, the, in our heart of hearts, all of us know that we are so far away from you. And, Father, if we really understood your mercy and grace, we would run to you. Fathers, and someone here this morning that doesn't know you, I just invite them to invite Christ in their life, to surrender to him, to invite Jesus to forgive them all that's wrong in their life and commit to follow the Lord Jesus. As we continue to worship you through our giving and through praise and song, might you use this to draw closer to you. And we ask this in Christ's name. Amen.